Hello and welcome to Inspiration Boulevard, the podcast where we discuss the brilliance and creativity that exists within the field of mental health. I'm your host, Alan Hyde, and I am joined today by a good friend and fellow colleague and ex-classmate, Natalie Argo. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I didn't know that was your tagline. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah it was uh, like this, this picture behind me. I, I was talking, you remember Andrew? Yeah. Had him on the podcast not that long ago, too, and, and uh, we were talking about The Road Less Traveled, the book we read in school. And that's kind of like uh, where the inspiration for this came from. Oh, okay. So racked my brain for a long time on the name and then it kind of just sort of fell into place. I love it. That's exciting. Yeah, we need to be having more of these conversations and thinking outside the box a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking outside of the box, (laughs) well, uh, I want to hear more about your inspiration of what led you into the field, but also... You know, I, like we were talking about off the podcast, the the box that you had built, but really the elaborate outside, um, what would you call it? Is that a greenhouse, outdoor greenhouse? Yeah, yeah, we've got a greenhouse and um, I'm actually in the center of our garden right now. Um, we've got about a 600 square foot garden that I'm sitting in that I built all myself really with the purpose of showing other people that <laughs> I have no carpentry skills, so if I can do it, you can certainly do it. <laughs> um, I'm a big believer in like real food and how that equates to real health. Um, And so I really decided that I was going to start growing some of our own food as best as I could. And that started on our apartment patio. And when we moved here, it translated to here. And it just keeps growing and expanding. If you have anybody who watches your podcast that's into farming or anything, it's like we have a joke in our little farming community. It's like it's chicken math or bee math. Like one thing just turns into many things and it morphs into this huge project. So um, but yeah, this is this is our garden. And um, to answer your question about how I got into the field of psychology, uh, I was 16 and did not know what I wanted to do. I really wanted to be a home ec teacher for a while. I love all things like cooking and gardening. Go figure, here I am. Um, but my mom was kind of like, you know, honey, like you can do that without that degree. And I was like, okay. So I took one psychology class uh, in high school and I was hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I meant to do. This is what I meant to do with my life. And I count myself really lucky for having that experience because I know that's not true for most people. And there's a lot of people our age asking those questions of like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I just have never like really struggled with that. I've been really lucky to I don't know, have this intuition or guiding light inside kind of leading, leading the way. And so when I took that psychology class, I was hooked and I was like, that's it. I'm going to be a therapist. They make good money. Um, you know, I get to help people. Then we went to school and realized that it's actually not about helping people. <laughs> it's about listening and supporting and noticing together. <laughs> um, so anyway, one thing led to the next. I, I wound up at Vanguard, uh, finished my bachelor's there, loved the program, uh, the master's program that they offered decided to go round two, got my master's, got licensed. Uh, I'm a marriage and family therapist. But in all of that, I realized kind of getting to the point of why are we in the middle of this garden and what am I really up to with my life? I, in finishing my hours, and you know this, it's so hard. It is so hard. It's grueling. It's hours upon hours of really low, sometimes unpaid work. And I don't know if that was completely part of it, but I just found myself very unhappy and very stressed. And I felt 
like I had lost sight of this dream and then kind of going backwards, I guess a couple years before that, about five years before I hit this moment in my life, um, I was at a party at my mentor's house for their little girl. It was her second birthday. And I met this couple and they told me that they ran a ranch for troubled youth where they pair rescued horses with troubled youth. And in that moment, I just thought, oh my gosh, again, one of those moments where I was like, that's what I could do with my life. Like, that's what I meant to do. But not so much with troubled youth or just strictly horses. Um, That night I went to sleep. That would have been uh, 2000. 2000, I'm trying to do the math. 2011, I think, 2012. Trying to remember when Avalon was born. So that was 09. So yeah, it would probably, it would have been like September, 2011. So I met that couple, went to sleep that night and I had this really vivid vision, dream, whatever you want to call it. Um, that the I was elders like, visited you. the what? The elders visited you. I don't know about that, but I had had this vision where I was like on this horse and I was going up this hill and there was this big ranch house full of like lush green gardens, like food producing gardens, just like as far as you could see. And I I remember looking over my shoulder and I was like, the feeling that I had was the people that I invited are coming. I'd better prepare. And then that was it. I woke up and I was like, like, what, like, what was that? I think that's like a glimpse of the future. So Anyway, went back to school 2013, graduated 2016, and uh, got licensed 2017. Um, Like I was saying, getting your licensure is really, really hard. And I had gotten married in 2017, and I just realized life is really expensive, especially in California. And there was this really nasty, like, realist that came out in me that was like, her dream can never happen. It's too expensive. Like, certainly will never happen, which is really not ever how I talk. So I don't know where this yeah, part that's is. Not, that's not the Natalie I know. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I was listening to that and I was like, yeah, you know, I should just let it go. Well, I found myself watching farming videos on YouTube because my friend had started a pastured poultry chicken farm. I promise I'm going to land the plane here soon. 30 more seconds and then we'll get to where here today. But my dad was really sick with cancer. I don't know if you know that about me, but in college within the span of six months, I had fractured my my back. My mom was in an accident, fractured her back, lost her job. Um, I had to go to school and work. And then my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And it was just like so much all at once. It was so overwhelming. And in a toxic relationship at the time because I thought God gave me this best friend to get through this terrible time. And um, anyway, uh, finally found the light through all of that. And we ended up losing my dad to cancer. He's in a much better place now. I'm convinced of that. But it really opened my eyes to the food system. That was really like the first wake up call because my dad was so healthy healthy. He surfed. He really wasn't like a partier or a drinker. He uh, worked out all the time, um, ate healthy, again, healthy. I put that in quotes because the foods that he was eating were labeled as healthier. So we thought, but there's a lot of cover up. I want to say in the food system, um, things aren't really what they seem. And so I realized that things needed to be different. And so when I saw that my friend had started this pastured poultry farm out in Marietta called uh, Primal Pastures, um, I used to play volleyball with him and his wife. And then all of a sudden they're farming. I was like, what's going on here on Facebook? So I started following their journey. Well, their story led me to Joel Salatin of Polyface Farms. They are a regenerative farm out in Virginia. 
Joel led me to Justin Rhodes, who is a homesteader out in Virginia, showing people that they can grow their own food in their backyard. And Joel led me to one of my good friends, Jess, Jessica Sowards at Roots and Refuge Farm, who um, is a big believer in pushing people into their dreams. And so you can kind of see this evolution of how I ended up where I am. Yeah, it sounds, um, sounds like a perfect fit for you. Yeah, so I found, I, I found kind of my path and I was watching these people do it and, <laughs> online. Um, I was watching these people farm and, and have success with farming. And it was just a reminder of like, oh, these other people can have it, but I can't. And um, if Tommy came out and I was under the blanket crying with my laptop in front of me, he knew I was watching YouTube farming videos. He'd come out and he'd be like, you're watching farming videos on YouTube, aren't you? And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> I just want the farm so bad. And I just realized like, that is so, that is so, that is so black and white, you know, that's such black and white thinking on my part of thinking, well, it's either the farm or nothing. And um, I realized, no, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to start with nothing. I'm going to show people that somebody who has no farming experience, no gardening know-how, no carpentry know-how can do it. And I don't get to start my garden until I get my camera out. <laughs> and so I stalled and I stalled. And finally I got my camera out and I filmed building our first garden beds. And I made a lot of mistakes on those garden beds, but it was somewhere to start. Um, note to self, always use galvanized screws. Uh, otherwise your garden beds will fall apart. <laughs> uh -oh. um, so that's kind of where it started. And it's just evolved into what I call, Hey, it's a good life. Now it's my channel name platform. Uh, it's given me a voice online to help encourage other people to go pursue their dreams. Because I realized that that dream that was in my heart seven years ago, whatever it is now, almost, almost 10 years ago at this point, that was there for such a specific reason. And I really believe that everybody has something that they're passionate about and that there's a divine purpose in that. And so I partner with that, the ultimate vision by stewarding what I have where I am. So it started on a 25 square foot uh, apartment patio and now it's translated into a huge garden and a pollinator garden and a hugo culture garden and then we got gardens in the front i mean i'm always building gardens <laughs> i built a greenhouse out of scrap wood like i just love pushing people's um, notion down that either they can't do it because a lot of people think they can't do it like they have to have their husbands do it so i love being the lady who's like nope i'm getting the power tools out like we're gonna do this yeah uh, well that that's that's the natalie i know that's so <laughs> that's the one i remember from school and yeah i think it's so it's so transparent it's so honest right when when serena had told me that these were the things you were doing i didn't i didn't know at the time right it'd been so long since i seen you i didn't even know you had this little uh instagram following going on and all this stuff and and i uh went over and followed it and it's it's pretty awesome what you got going on there and just the consistency of it and and how clear you come across and your passion for it and you know you mentioned right it's, hey it's a good life on instagram and, and if you're into the whole horticulture blah, 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 <laughs> i would highly recommend going over and, and checking it out it's good stuff thank you so much yeah i'm glad that it's transparent and clear and hopefully the message is clear like if i can do this you can do this and the good life is what you make it, right? Like I was living in a really sad place for a hot second there, finishing my hours, slaving away, <laughs> making pennies to the dollar. And, uh, and I realized, no, no, we don't need to live like that. There is abundance, find a way. And I, I see Natalie came back, so yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and just even, you know, as I'm listening to you, this is a lot of what, 
each person I brought on here, we've talked about is kind of life, you know, life happens in this process of becoming a therapist. And, you know, there's this stigma that exists in the world. And I think a lot of people forget that we're just human too. You know, we've got passions, we've got desires and dreams, but we also have, you know, life things that happen in the process. And, you know, just knowing and caring about you as a friend and, and hearing those things like, you know, my, my heart goes out to you. And, you know, but at the same time, I know, right, just seeing the things that you're doing here, you're bringing so much light to the world. And it's, it's a powerful thing, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm very thankful to be a witness to it and to be able to chat with you about it and hear all about it. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah and just reminding people that we're human too, you know, yeah. and, and that I, I loved what you said, and I, I believe it was before we started recording, but it's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't know how to start any of this. I just started doing it and I didn't have to be a carpenter. And, and I watched that video and I'll tell you what, Natalie, you looked like a carpenter. <laughs> I was like, what is she doing? It's really cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think it's important to start somewhere and I, I think it is important. Yeah, we are, we are human. We all go through things um, and those things, they shape us, but we get to decide how much they define us as therapists, but as people. Um, and so to partner with that and to allow it to shape us, but to also to shape our reality too, and say, well, I'm not like a victim to my circumstances. I'm not a victim to, you know, a back fracture. I'm going to have to live with the rest of my life or what my mom went through or what my, you know, losing my dad. It's like, how can that actually fuel what I'm destined to do? And, uh, I think that it's important to yeah, step out of that role of like, well, I'm being defined by my circumstances yeah, they do. They have an impact on you, but what are you going to do about it? Don't, don't lay down and cry and watch YouTube and, and say everybody else can have the farm, but not you. Like, that's not true. I'm a big believer that there is abundance in this world and that we just have to go after it. And it's not going to look like, you know, it's not going to look the same for every person. It's not going to look like the heavens have just opened up and there is, you know, favor on your life. I mean, sometimes that happens though. Like you would be, you would be amazed at some of the things that have happened. Can I tell you a story? I would love to hear a story. Okay. <laughs> this is my greenhouse over here. It's, it, I'm just like, I am living through you right now. How <laughs> Serena looks over there yeah. with the big old trees in the background. It's beautiful. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, this yeah. is, yeah, this is San Diego. We got big old trees and yeah, lots of agricultural history. It's, it's a cool place. To what be. did, what did you end up filling the, the mobile greenhouse with? What, what do you got in there? Well, I, I can show you. How about we go for a little tour? Yes, so this please. is the story that I have to tell you. I mean, I don't know if maybe you heard it on social media already, but I know there's other people who probably haven't heard it. So yeah. uh, this is the mobile greenhouse. Now, I say mobile because it's on wheels. Yeah. Well, for, the, for those who are just listening along and, and uh, aren't watching the video of this, yes. uh, it's posted. So Natalie has built her own mobile greenhouse. This is on wheels, right? It's on wheels. I call it a mobile greenhouse because we are just renting. Um, we had to move out here rather quickly for my husband's job. So we're, we're renting and um, waiting for the market to be a little bit more favorable for buyers anyway. So in the meantime, <laughs> that means that all of this has to be like rent friendly, right? Like the only thing that's really not friendly is my garden beds, which are very full of soil and we will be hiring movers to help us with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in here I'm able to grow like two to 400 plants depending on how I have them spaced out so holy smokes I've got all sorts of like medicinal plants like calendula starting 
let's let's clarify here. When you say medicinal plants, I've thought about it. We might branch out here soon. We'll see. God bless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not yet, though. Not yet. But also, I hear you're not supposed to show your grow. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably won't be showing that too much on social media. But anyway, I've got all sorts of things: sunflowers, calendula. Up here, we've got uh, kale. And basically you see these, I've got trays here for anybody who's watching or listening. Um, I've got these trays full of plants and essentially what we do is we put them in bigger pots. So I'll take something that's in a smaller one by one inch cell and put it into a bigger pot like this and then we sell it. And that's part of how I make money on our homestead. This is essentially a modern urban homestead. We grow so where where do plants. you go to markets and sell these? Where could they where could they find you if someone's listening to this, you know, later yeah. on down the road or even right now and they're like, I want to access or buy some plants from Natalie? Where would they that find could you? be on Instagram? That's okay. basically where I do everything is Instagram. Yeah. So um, but this is this the, the story behind this greenhouse and like a couple other things. I was saying like the heavens don't normally just open up and pour things out. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you know the story, but I sketched out a greenhouse. I had been dreaming of one and I was like, God, like we're moving. Like I keep seeing this greenhouse, but we're moving. Like how could I build a greenhouse when I know that we're not going to be here that much longer anyway? So finally I sketched out this greenhouse after looking at all the options of like wire greenhouses just, I went through everything and I was like, I don't see anything that works for me and what we're doing here. So I said, okay, let's just dream. It's like, I want a greenhouse built out of two by fours, which I never buy because they're too expensive for, for me usually <laughs> in my projects. I'm always doing things on a dime because gardening can get really expensive really fast. Just go around to construction sites and take their two by fours. <laughs> oh, oh, you would not believe the things that I have found on the side of the road. I, I heard that as part of your uh, part of your video. So if this is part of the story, I'm very fascinated to hear it. Because when you were like, I found all these things on the side, I was like, I've got to know this story. Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is the story is the last six months I had like this wish list. I was like, I really want this greenhouse so bad. God, I want this greenhouse. I really want a whiteboard so I can make like a really clear vision of where Hey, It's a Good Life needs to go. All the moving parts. I want to be able to, to draw how we're going to scale everything. Um, I really wanted uh, some like containers for growing things because I didn't want to make any more permanent garden structures knowing that we were going to have to leave. And I really wanted like a wooden pallet so I could finally build a potting bench because I don't have anywhere to store tools out here. It's, I've done everything backwards. It's just so funny. So anyway, I think my uh -oh. potting bench will be the last thing I build here before we move. And anyway, so one day we're driving home on Mother's Day. Sorry about that, Natalie. The internet was, was oh. doing its thing for a second there. It's all good. You're good now. You're good now. Yeah, so there are like four things on my wish list, and we're driving home one day. And uh, from Mother's Day, we had visited our family, had a nice little physical distant Mother's Day, and Tommy had fallen asleep in the car. And I look on our street, basically, there's this main street that we have to drive down. And I'm like, oh, look, building supplies. Like, I'm going to drop Tommy off and come back because I always, I, I pick up free materials all the time. So I, I go, Tom, I drop Tommy off. He's like, where are you going? I'm like building supplies on the side of the road. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like classic. All right. I'll see you later. So I go, I drive back to this guy's house. I knock on the door. I'm like, are you in the middle of a project? Or like, are these things for free? Like, what's the deal? He's like, no, like go for it. You know, COVID times. I just finished doing the backyard. Like I don't need that stuff. Help yourself. Nice. I'm trying to go through it. And I find like these five gallon containers, which is exactly what I had envisioned for 
this project that I had, the Hugel Culture Garden. I'm like, no way. I'm like looking at them. I'm like, in the exact quantity that I needed, I needed about 14 of them. I'm like, are you serious? Okay, well, we'll check that in the car. And then um, I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, look at this. Like, here's a pallet. So I got my Mexican blanket out, put that on top of the car, threw the pallet on top of the car. I keep going and I'm like, oh my goodness, there are all of these two by fours here. This is incredible. I'm like, this, could this be my greenhouse wood? Who knows? So I chuck all of that in the car. I kid you not, I'm driving down the street and what do you think I see on the side of the road but a giant whiteboard, exactly like I had been renting. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, well, that's going in the car too in my little tiny Corolla. One day, God will give me a big farm truck, but for now we make the Corolla work. So I threw that on there too. And I'm like, I look like something out of the Flintstones. Like I'm like holding on to all this stuff on top of my <laughs> car. My neighbors are like, what's going on? I'm like, it's just me, like classic Natalie looking a fool. It's all good. Um, I get home, I'm pulling this stuff out. I'm like, this is so cool. Like this is exactly what I wanted. And then I'm looking at the two by fours and I'm like, no, are you serious? <laughs> I start lining them up by height and they were already pre-cut to the exact dimensions that I had drawn out the day before when I was designing the greenhouse. And I was like, this is so wild. And it was like the exact amount of wood that I needed. So I guess I need to eat my own words a little bit. Sometimes the universe opens up and gives you exactly what you need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been talking to a lot of people about this lately of like living in your muse, you know, and, and when you're doing the things that not just like you're passionate about, but you know, you have a skill for, and you've been kind of honing that craft and you want to do it. The, the universe has this, this beautiful way of providing, right. As you do the work, right. And, and that's that, that process too. It's like, um, you know, we can pray for the things and, and God has his will and, or however you view those things, right. Spiritually and whatever you pray to, or if you don't, right. But doing that work, taking those steps and then the universe does the rest. It like just comes together. And you know, that's at least what I found like in my own like personal recovery process and, and doing like things like this and stepping into my music. It doesn't shock me at all that just randomly driving down the street, you found exactly what you needed. Because it sounds to me like as I'm listening to that story and what you've been sharing today, it's like you're living in your muse. This is what you want to do. This is what you love. It makes sense to me that the universe would provide you with the things you needed to make that a reality. Definitely. I love how you put that too. It's like, it's not a passive process. It's not like a, well, Lord, like let's pray for the healing or let's pray for the provision. It's it's, you know, some people call it manifestation. It's like, oh, well, no wonder, like you were putting it out into the universe. So it was bound to find you like karmically or whatever. For right. me as a, as a believer and follower of Christ, like it's, it's taught me so much about what it means to really have faith. And it's not this passive thing where we're just, you know, oh, Jesus, well, I really hope that you do it. No, faith is, is putting your foot out of the boat, believing that he said that he was going to do what he's going to do in his timing. And then he'll do it in the right timing. And it's, it's definitely taught me a lot about having faith and, and knowing that God is actually a really good dad. Um, this all comes on the heels too of, you know, again, I think there's a lot of language for this between the field of psychology and all of the many religions in the world. In my religious worldview, we call it, you know, the goodness of God. But I, I prayed in May. I was like, okay, God, I realized coming off the heels of this really serious back injury that I'm like just now finally getting better from. Um, I was like, I bet that in light of that, we've got business. Like we've probably, I probably have some bitterness in my heart towards you. I probably don't actually think that you're as great as you say you are. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was just like, you know, what do we need to do about that? Um, 
you know, put into more psychological terms, I was dealing with self-sabotage and limiting beliefs and I needed to address that. And so the way that worked out spiritually for me was God said, you don't believe I'm good. And I didn't know what to do when I heard that. So I was like, well, like, show me your goodness. I don't know. Like, what else am I supposed to do? I don't believe you're good. Well, crap, that's not good. So I don't know. Show, show me your goodness. I'm just not kidding you. Like the minute I open myself up to that, you know, the minute I put those limiting beliefs aside, the minute I, I stopped living in my trauma and, and self-sabotage and granted it's a process. Like I'm not like miraculously healed, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That was a Tuesday and a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, she's cured. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a process though. And I love how you put that. It's, it's not passive. It's very much an active thing. And, and when we partner with our giftings and our vision, I really do think, yeah, amazing things happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, and, and I love that you bring that aspect in, right? Because it, it's something that, um, you know, we haven't very much directly talked about in the sense of like um, different individual spiritualities and things like that on the podcast so far. And I, I really appreciate this perspective because, you know, it's, it's something too. like, uh, so since last we saw each other, so since then I, I've attended Al-Anon and I've been, you know, a grateful member of that program for quite a while now. And um yeah, I remember in the beginning it was, you know, I had no problem with step one admitting that I had a problem, that my life had become unmanageable and that I was trying to control other people. I had no problem admitting those things. When it came to step two and, and trusting in a, a power greater than me, uh, well, you, you knew me when I was a bit younger and intemperate and I, I really uh, had a big ego and that, that was a hard part, you know, and, and I, I love that you stated like, the conversation that you have with God. Cause I think it's a conversation we all have with our higher power. It's like, I got on my knees and I had all kinds of projections onto my higher power. My first words, you know, consciously were, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. you know? and, and that shocked me at first. Cause you know, I was, you know, raised with a certain belief system and yada, yada. And I had a foundation of that, but realizing that there was a process around coming to terms with the fact that I didn't trust myself you know, and, and really turning things over that I didn't deserve to be, or I didn't need, deserve is probably the, the worst word he is now. I didn't need to be caring anymore. And the funniest thing is like, when I put those things down, these other like beautiful things started to fill their place, you know? And, and I imagine, right, as for any of us, as I hear your story, as you're driving down the street, we, we're letting go of these little things and then boom, there are the things that are going to fill our life with the, the passions and, and the love and the beauty that's around us similarly to in our relationships you know sometimes it manifests as materials and i can't explain that i just know what happens um, and other times it manifests in relationships and it's a beautiful process yes yeah i have to say too like i know we haven't connected a lot but there is like there is such a, a difference in how just you present yourself and carry yourself in in a really like good way you're like softer more approachable yeah. even um yeah so I just want to say like good on you and, and the deep, the deep work you've been doing is really evident and just like this kindness that is really exuding from you. I really feel it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting cause, um, you know, I, I, I had this conversation a lot with Andrew is like a lot of what led me into Al-Anon was like, I was a good guy, but I, I was self-sabotaging, right. To, to use the words, like I knew that all too well. I was a rebellious guy. You know, if I felt like, there was something in my mind that I knew the answer to, it was going to be my will, not God's, you know, and, and whatever distinction we have with that in the sense of a higher power, 
And, and letting go of that has really, I, I like the way you said that, right? Like it's really softened my heart to see other people's, not just their perspectives, but especially as a clinician to walk with people and to understand like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if this is about either of our wills. Cause every time we try it, we fuck things up, you know, mm-hmm. and that's okay too. That's where we're at right now. Let's, let's chat about it. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely evident in talking with you, even just like, the, the way I remember your face being, it's just, it just, you just look different. It's almost like there's less of a furrowed brow or something. I don't know how to quite put it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm happy for you. And it's so funny. I look back on those times of grad school and it's like, wow, we were all so stressed. Like how could any of us be the best version of ourselves in that environment? I'm like, oh man, wow. I really okay, we've got self-love enough for that too. That's okay. It happened. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of grace, you know, and like when you were saying, because we, we were talking about, I was talking about with uh, Serena and Andrew and I, like we were young in our master's program and and not to, to say anything about like age on that, but like how much our group has all grown over these these last like, you know, six, seven, eight years. It's, it's a trip. It's yeah. a trip. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think there's something about the process too. Like I really appreciated our program, especially being in the field and knowing other people from other programs. I appreciated the depth of our program and oh, yeah. the, um, the, what's the right word? Like the expansiveness of it. Whereas some programs really focus on, you know, just one theory or just one way of doing things. Whereas I really felt like our program helped me get to the depths of some of the stuff that I probably would have never seen otherwise. I mean, truly. Yeah. Like it, it, that itself matured me as a person so much. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that experience. So even if I end up not being a marriage and family therapist for that much longer, I'm still so glad I went and got the training and, and did everything I needed to do to be one. Um, it was a good time. And I can only imagine, right, with, with that background and training as you just continue to utilize the, the resources that you have in your life, it'll help you support people right? And supporting people through healthy eating, you know, like, especially now, like I listen to, a, I mentioned this on a few of the podcasts, but I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast all the time. He's so good. He's so good. And <laughs> he brings on these people that they talk about, like, especially during these times, like how important it is to be taking care of yourself. And, you know, those are, I really tune in to those messages because I, I've been having like those reality checks for myself in my life right now. Like, am I, am, do I really need to go down the street for convenience and order food? Or should I cook for myself and, and go somewhere where I can find something a little little bit better for me? And mm-hmm. and that doesn't always prevail. More often than not, it doesn't prevail. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but there there's some real uh, you know talk about religion, some real come to Jesus moments there of like I should probably with a virus on the loose, you know that that bad boy could be coming for me. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> you get me started. The first week that all of this hit and it was like real in California and the U.S. It was like oh, well, everything's closed except for fast food. And I, I went one day just to like understand what was going on. And I, I won't even say where I went, but we went to a burger joint, we'll call it that. And it was like, there were people like no masks, just cooking food. And I'm like, okay, so I can't go. It was in and out because you can see them. You just gave it away. You went to in and out and, and you were watching them cut the potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot, I cannot confirm or deny that. Oh, I think but anyway, yeah, so we were at this place and you could see, and I was like, wait a second. So I can't go to all of these other places, but I can go here and get food from people without wearing masks that, you know, may have, you know, anyway, I was just like, none of this, 
none of this makes sense. And I really yeah. we can all look on this one day and just be like, wow, that was a really bad dream, but we all made it through. It's a kooky time, you know, and you know, there'll be a lot of necessary things that come out of this and a lot of weird things too, you know, and, and I'll kind of bite my tongue on those things. I think one of the biggest things I've learned in my recovery is when to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a weird time, you know, and, and, and that's a lot of like, especially doing this podcast during this time of COVID is like what an honor it's been, you know, I think for all of us and the people I've, I've been interviewing to like be on those front lines, whether it's like every, you know, you, you got people who are really on the front lines, like nurses and doctors and people in the medical field. And then you got people who are on the emotional front lines who are supporting people through this. And it's just nice to be surrounded by those people who are, you know, also taking those passions in the directions of like where you've gone and helping people understand the importance of taking care of themselves with not just like the self-care aspect. Like when Serena was telling me, I was just sitting there thinking like, I should, I would love to do a little garden on my balcony. I need to watch some of these videos that Natalie's doing. Cause I've been thinking about it for a while. She yeah. probably watch someone who's becoming an expert on doing it. See what's yeah, going I'll on. totally help you too. Yeah. If you send me a picture of your space, I can mock up a little design. We can knock it out. Oh, there's the accountability right there. <laughs> <laughs> So come back in a month, everybody, and see if Alan built his garden. Shoot. <laughs> that would be, that'd be a cool project. Yeah, even if you just grow one tomato plant. Like, I'm such a firm believer that there is a gardener in everybody, and I know that everybody who's passionate about something is like, oh, well, you know, there's a surfer in everybody or something. But truly, I mean, like, what is more unifying than the fact that we all have to eat? Like, we yeah. have been dependent on agriculture forever for, I mean for forever since the beginning of time and um, we've done ourselves a huge disservice with the industrialization of food you know almost 80 90 years ago granted I understand that there were good intentions there were wars we had to figure stuff out but the minute we separate ourselves from where our food comes from there's something very unnatural about that and, and yeah. something that's been really interesting um, in these times as you were talking about is like there's been a lot of kooky things happening well seed companies couldn't get their seeds out fast enough. So I'm a big believer that people are waking up to the dangers of the food system. People are waking up to this, this call from the earth, you know, to, to get back at it. So even if you just grow one tomato plant, I, right. I think that's a good thing to just be stewarding that skill. So I'll help you yeah. grow one tomato plant. You can have one of the ones I'm growing in the greenhouse. <laughs> well, why, why don't you just, just for those who are listening, like give a, give a little crash course on like, and I'll take note as well, because I'm going to re-listen to this like I always do. And uh, just how you would go about, like, what, what would you need to procure? What would you need to get your hands on if you were like, hey, one weekend, I just want to start and maybe plant a tomato uh, seed. And what, what would you need to do to go about that? That is such a great question. Okay, so I would say... Let, you know, let me pull up my note. I'm actually working on like a little ebook right now. That's all about like the oh. five, let me, five S's. I'll give you guys the, the, the five things. Okay. These are the five things I think you have to consider before you start a garden is sun. Do you have sun where you're growing this? Is there yeah, I can arrange it. Yeah. <laughs> is there <laughs> I'm like making mental notes for my own balcony as you say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sun is a crucial nutrient and an element. Um, what kind of space are you working with? You know, I have some space out here. We've got some big garden beds, but I have a smaller space over here that we're utilizing and I'm just using containers. So you could have one container, a couple containers, a garden bed. You could, you know, start your whole farm. It depends on what space you want to use. 
uh, structure. So again, that's kind of going to be determined by your space. So one version of a structure is a garden bed. Um, another version of a structure is a tiny pot of semi-dying succulents because I <laughs> succulent. Um, this could also be a form of a container. So it just really oh, a red solo cup, huh? Yeah, I start a lot of tomatoes in red solo cups. Really? Yes. Um, setup. So then you've got to set it up. So are you going to need a drill and something to build a garden bed? Or, um, you know, are you just going to need a five-gallon pot, pot that you found on the side of the road like me? And then soil. And soil, soil, soil is really where it's at. I would say get yourself some quality soil. Some of my favorite, like, soil that you can easily find is uh, by Fox Farm. Um, also, ProMix makes some really great soils. Um, you will not see me buying miracle Grow soils. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So there, there's a turf war when it comes to this soil game. <laughs> Uh, a little bit. I just, there are certain companies that I will support and there are certain companies that I won't support because of affiliations that they have. miracle Grow is not one of the companies I wish to support. Um, Y'all can Google it. So anyway, <laughs> farm soils, ProMix, those are some of my favorite soils. That will make your stuff grow like crazy. And then you want to consider fertilizers. Like I have a worm farm on the side of our house, a dog run. I know. I, what okay. don't I do? So I sell worms and worm castings and that's how we fertilize our soil. Um, so you want to have some kind of some kind of fertilizer on hand, like compost, worm casting, something like that, and then just add that in every once in a while. So those are like the five things that you would really need. And then, you know, get yourself a plant start, get a seed, put it in the soil, water, and see what happens. And yeah. I think some of the easiest things to grow are probably tomatoes. They grow really fast and they do really well in the Southern California environment. And um, yeah. Like I heard a rumor. Serena told me that you had a very large tomato that you had been working on. I don't know if that time is coming past or if that's uh, still around or if you guys ate it, but she said that, or she yeah. might've, or did she tell me that like you and gave her the knowledge that tomatoes can grow like up to 10 feet or something like that? Oh, 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 I see. Um, well, unfortunately my tomato fruits are a little small. Um, I need to look into why that is. <laughs> all kinds of tomatoes so for example for anybody watching we're now moving to the tomato jungle yeah. so over here like these really should be um like much more like the size of my hand but as you can see they're not they're not that large they're maybe like a third of the size of my hand um but tomato plants in general yeah they there are some varieties that are called indeterminate varieties which means there's no determinate end oh. and that means that they can just keep going and they're gonna take over the world yeah, in our climate in uh, zone 10 is what we are in here in Southern California. Um, they could grow 10 months out of the year. So you could have a very long tomato plant that lasts for a very long time here. So Goodness. yeah. That's, that's yeah. fancy. I, I never knew like when Serena broke that down, like just very basically and said, you know, that you were doing some of this and, and she had shared some of that knowledge you gave her about the tomatoes and how much they can grow and how big it can get and, and how long they can grow. So I had never heard anything like that before. I'm just like, I like them on my burgers, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alan, we've got to get you growing. I have a tomato variety that I can ship it to you once it's big enough and strong enough. It's a, it's a called a sun gold tomato. The sun gold tomato changed my life. It tastes like candy. It is so really? good. Yes. It's a little cherry tomato. And I think it's a hybrid variety, not that that means a whole lot to any of us. But anyway, yeah, it does really well in our climate and um, it's really good. Have you ever had a homegrown tomato? 
Uh, no, probably not. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, as I like rack my brain, like, no, no, probably not. I probably should change. I, I definitely need to change that. You know, and, and I think it's just, like you were touching on this a minute ago where I think the culture is shifting toward the, the importance, not just of like making your own food, but really kind of what that means, you know, and, and what that means for our culture, what it means as people and what it means for our health. I think it's just, it's an important thing that, you know, of course, like we're going to have the big discussions at the community level, but just on a personal level, like, as I'm hearing this, I'm sitting here thinking like, this is probably a good idea for me to explore and put some time into figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. Food is personal. I mean, what's more personal than something that you consume, you put into your body to fuel your life. Food is super personal. Yeah. yeah, Encourage anybody who is interested in their health to, to look at what they're fueling their body with for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it's funny, like, as, as you were telling that, I was going to tell you a story about lettuce. Um, I I remember when I was young, my, my, I would tell my grandma, I'll eat, no other vegetables, but I'll eat lettuce. Like I'll have salad. And she's like, has no nutritional value. And we used to like, you know, I was like 10 or 11. Uh, turns out they hydrate you, you know? So, Hey, there's that, there's some water in there. But uh, it, it's funny when I think about these things, it's like the nutritional value of these things. Like I mean, I may not be the expert on that. I may never be an expert on those things, but you know, it's very clear to see the shifts of like, um, you ever heard of DDP he does the yoga stuff and uh, he had that like real viral video of the guy who couldn't walk and he was on the stilts. And then at the end of the video, he's like sprinting. No. Oh, you've got to watch it. It's called, uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's called never give up. And uh, the yoga instructor guy, he was, he used to be like a professional wrestler. Um, and I believe it's DDP and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And, uh, and he, he talks about, the first thing before they get into like any of the yoga and strength building stuff like that, like for, for individuals who are like way out there um, or just like, you know, can barely move is food. He's like, I can't do anything until they stop experiencing just the pain that's like sedentary from the food that we put in our system. And when he was sharing that, like, these are things that like, you just float around in the head, you know it, right. You, you, but you don't think about it. And then you hear like a professional or I hear you talking about it, right? As you're stepping into that professional capacity. And it's like, that makes, it makes complete sense. You know, that some of these aches and pains are probably because of the burger I'm putting in my mouth, you know, that who knows where that food's coming from. Yeah. A couple, you, brought, you bring up a really good point is that um, the root of so much disease is inflammation. And if we can change what we eat by eating more whole foods, now I know that that's not possible you know, for everybody all the time. But if you are really wanting to make a dent in your health, just changing to whole foods can be such a big game changer. Getting getting off of some of those processed foods, the filler foods. Um, I noticed for me, I did the Whole30 Challenge last summer. And yeah, yeah, I've done the Whole30 Challenge. It's a good one. It's a good it's one. Yeah, so it's part of really what kicked off like the healing journey that I'm on. And I'm, I've I feel so much better when I'm eating better. And on the note of nutrition, it's so, it's amazing to me the difference in nutritional value from supporting a local farmer by going to your farmer's market or buying locally or whatever it may be versus buying from a commercial farm. This will be my like 30 second snippet, but commercial farms grow what's called a monocrop. And that is a not good for the environment because that's not how the environment was designed to be like things were designed to grow you know in unison and kind of play off each other so when we're growing fields and fields of corn we're really going against nature and because of that nature 
comes in and she's like, this isn't how we're supposed to do this. Like the earth needs to be covered a certain way. And so then she brings in her weeds. Well, then we come in and we spray all those weeds down and we let the corn keep growing and we develop these ways to kill the weeds that let the corn grow. But now the corn has all this other stuff in it that we really shouldn't be consuming. Um, so there's that whole thing that I won't even get into about pesticides and all of that. But um, the other side of it is, for example, if you look at a farm like Polyphase Farms, Will Salatin compared his chicken, I think it was, his chicken and maybe some of his vegetables compared to a um, conventional chicken. And this was because the USDA came in and was trying to shut his farm down. And they found that his chicken not only had less bacteria, but it was, and it was processed outside. It was like processed in a, in like under a easy, easy tent. Like that's how they process, used to process their chickens. It had less bacteria and it had, I want to say something like 3000 times more nutrients per, you know, unit yeah. versus what was grown conventionally because what he's doing is partnering with nature and allowing the chickens to be outside and to truly free range. I mean, when we say free range on a label at the supermarket, it doesn't actually mean that they're outside flapping their wings. It means that they have a gate this big that they can get access to the outside with. Right. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, Oh gosh, like labels, like it's just yeah. all marketing. So anyway, that's not really related so much to mental health, but the idea of getting nutrition is important for your mental health. And part of what is a little frustrating for me under the marriage and family therapy umbrella is not really being able to talk about that. Um, and so having to refer out, and again, I'm not an expert, so I really shouldn't be, you know, telling people, oh, this is what you should eat and this is how you should do it. But um, anyway, it is really important to decrease your inflammation for all, all levels of health. It's all yeah, you know, and, and I think in that capacity, right, as you're, right, you're out there making and growing your own food, right, right there in your backyard, right? So it's like, well, you got the hands-on experience, and at what point, you know, I, I've always grappled with this, right? Like, at, at what point are we allowed to talk about these things? You know, I, I kept my voice quiet in the field for a long time in the beginning, because it's like, well, you know, hey, what, what do I talk about? And then you get to realize, like, as the time goes, like, my feet are on the ground, you know, and, and not everybody's feet are on the ground in this field, and people want to hear this information. So I got, just got to start getting it out there. And it's, you know, as I was watching your stuff, it was like her feet are on the ground. She's doing the work. Her hands are in the soil. It's who better to hear from about these things than someone who's actively doing it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you were talking about like the intersects of like mental health. It's like my mind goes like philosophical places more often than it probably should. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking like, no wonder, right, that the chicken who has free range, right, to a degree, right, we're not going to let the chicken go down the street and hang out with other chicken friends at the next farm, but, you know, let, <laughs> letting it out and do its thing as opposed to this little, like, doorway. And it, it makes me think of, like, you know, the intersect there of, like, well, yeah, no wonder food is more nutritious, right, and, and more kind of in line with what we should be eating when we allow it to run its life cycle, because isn't that true for us, right, when we're free to run our life cycle and, and do the things that are fulfilling to us, right? We are more balanced, right? And so I, I, I just, I see the parallel like across the, the universe that we have access to in a reality of like these unnatural ways of doing things. No wonder it doesn't make us feel very good. You know? Absolutely. That's, that's true in alcoholism. You do the unnatural thing, you get too fucked up, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of balance and peace in the home, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, the way I like to think of it in terms of like psychological terms is when I go out and I support those conventionally raised meats and vegetables, 
I'm essentially consuming trauma. Did that chicken live a really good life? No, it was stressed. Most chickens bred commercially are, uh, I believe, Cornish cross, which are designed and, and have been bred over the years to grow incredibly heavy breasts, to grow to full maturity in six weeks. And because they're so chest heavy, they spend a lot of time on the ground um, and they're not able to scratch, peck, forage, look for bugs. I mean, they spend a lot of their time just immobilized by how heavy, how top heavy they are. Um, and that's just one example of, of am, I, am I doing good for the earth and am I doing good for myself? Am I perpetuating a cycle of trauma in the food system and in my own health? Or am I going to break that cycle and support a local farmer and eat some food that's, that's better for me and better for the planet? So we gotta break these cycles. Yeah, you know, plus I, I love that, right? Like supporting the local farmer. They're, they're, uh, when you mentioned Whole30, you know, what I, what I always enjoyed about that, I had a bunch of friends at a place I used to work with, uh, work at, and uh, they, they did this Whole30 thing. And it was really the, the prospect of a lifestyle change, right? Like it's not a diet, right? We're changing the way we're living our life through the food that we're putting in our belly, you know? And when I did it, you know, I, I did it for a year and a half. And when I did it, I, I was introduced to something I had never heard of before, uh, kombucha. Yes. <laughs> I fell in love with kombucha. <laughs> and, and there are like a bunch of these local places that brew their own kombucha. And, and it's just, it was really nice to explore that and to like try all the different flavors. And, and this week they have a different flavor. And I'll tell you what, it was so much more fulfilling than going and buying a Dr. Pepper, you yeah. know? And, uh, it's just nice when you open up those doors to see that, like there are people all around you, wherever you're at right now that are just doing these really like, it's like art, you know, they're, they're putting themselves into it. And why wouldn't you support that? You know, it's like, like as you and I do these like passion projects, it's like, Hey, we would hope that people support our art, right? Why not go out and support other people's art? You know, I, yeah. I love that you brought that point. Yeah. Community is so important. And I, I love what you're saying because it's the antithesis of trauma to build community. Trauma says, you know, you're worthless, you should disconnect, you should hide, you should isolate. And as therapists, what do we help people do? We help them integrate and we help them disassemble that trauma and reconnect it to more helpful beliefs. And that's the, the process of healing is connection. And so I think that's true across the board and all healing levels. If we're going to be healing ourselves with food, I think it comes with community and, and building community and um, anyway yeah well I'm, I'm a big proponent of that i think that's you know the the aspect that i take you know just in, in all the work that i do is like you know because you know i've had the the opportunity and, and the ability to work with individuals in their 12-step recovery so I, I was sharing this on the last podcast where in my private practice i treat young men right well really ranging in all ages of men who are either new or starting in their 12-step recovery and it's a beautiful process to watch someone go from a place where they feel like, hey, I should be disgraced by this thing that I've been doing and realize like, hey, man, you know, like we, we've all done things, you know, and there's a community specifically for us, thank God, you know, and, and to be able to, to see people connect with that community and realize, right, that's one aspect, right, for one subset of a struggle. And I think our community is dealing with so many different struggles these days. And there's a, this is the most like, however morbid I think people want to be at times like this too, you got to remember how beautiful it is to like whatever affliction or whatever struggle you're going through, there is a community for fucking everyone. Mm 
-hmm. like there's a community out there waiting for you and guess what they they need you it's Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing yeah it's true it's true and that's why i think there's the beauty in in your story and owning that and knowing like i'm such a firm believer that we go through everything for a reason and that the really really hard things in life all serve a purpose to redeem other things what you've gone through is now redeeming work it's a redeeming work that you're doing in other people's lives and then you're helping spread that in other people so that they can go and become sponsors maybe they'll even become a therapist and and go spread that work it's the idea of healing comes with multiplication a harvest comes with multiplication if i grow enough tomatoes here one tomato has enough seeds in it to multiply and be thousands of tomatoes really soon and that comes with with the healing and being grown healthfully and and so when we choose health for ourselves and when we choose to better ourselves it's got this duplication effect and i think it's a beautiful thing yeah you know and it's funny because in like grade school pretty much all the way through i'm not even gonna say grade school i'm in my doctor right now and i still don't like math (laughs) and uh you know the funny thing is is like one of the things that stuck with me when we first started talking is when you mentioned like the concept of like b math and i think you said like what was the other one like chicken math math. yeah Yeah. chicken math you know like stuck in my brain for whatever reason but as you were just talking about that like that whole concept right it's like things multiply the more you put out there the you know the more you're connecting with compassion, the more you're actually communicating with people and putting yourself out there and also right, allowing others to take that space too and, and, and join with you in that. It's like those things, I've only ever experienced a multiplication of all the, all the goodness, right? All the healing that is available to us when we do it. And, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to it in my mind, you know, at least for the time that it sticks in there is BMAP. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God has a sense of humor because I hate math and that's what was (laughs) sticking in my head. (laughs) (laughs) He really does have a sense of humor. Yeah, it's true. Very true. So lots of inspiration. I've been asking this of everyone and I'm, I'm very curious just from a standpoint of growing my, my library as well. If there was one book in the realm of like mental health or maybe it intersects with some of the, you know, just like the, I'm going to butcher this word again, but the horticulture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, what is the one book that you, you feel most inspired by or felt most drawn to, or when you picked it up, you couldn't put it down? That is a really good question. And the answer is so easy. It is The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs by Joel Salatin. The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. Yes. Is it Joel Salatin? Joel Salatin. Yeah. He's the uh, owner and operator of Polyface Farms out in Virginia. I had a opportunity to meet him last year uh, in person. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm meeting Joel. Like I am not a starstruck person. Like I met Kelly Slater once in the middle of Fashion Island and I was like, oh, hey Kelly, it's really good to meet you. Like, cool. You would, like, you would. I, I could totally <laughs> see you just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I was with my dad actually. I was like 13. I was like, dad, that was Kelly Slater. And he turns around, my dad was wearing his um, like Pipeline Masters hat, which like Kelly had competed in many times. My dad turns around, he's like, hey, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly turns around. He's like, hey man, it's good to meet you. And I was like, oh, we just met I met Jeff Goldblum in the airport. And I was like, oh hey Jeff, just want to say hi, like big fan. <laughs> Finds a way, you know. Um, but I, you know, I've had an opportunity to meet some pretty cool people in my life. And I was never quivering in my boots as much as I was when I met Joel Salas. And I was just like, Mom, make sure you get this on camera. He's <laughs> so nerdy because he's just such a down-to-earth guy and he's just so nice. But I love the marvelous pigness of pigs because 
it feels so much like my heart on paper. And I just kept reading it. I was like, yes, like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing is it's, it's healing all the way around. It's healing ourselves from, from trauma that we've inflicted, you know, breaking those self-sabotaging behaviors like we've kind of talked about in this conversation, but it's also about healing the earth and getting this really positive thing going between community and people and ourselves and the earth and animals. And it's like, it sounds kind of like back to the landish. Like I sound a little bit hippie yeah. when I say that, but. Yeah, but, but I, I love that, you know, because, well, like even, even in the realms of therapy, so I, I underwent some training with uh, what's called the white bison tribe. And so they do 12 step recovery through the native American, you know, kind of just the tribes that are like mostly West coast, but they've expanded a lot in the U S and uh, a good friend Sparrow, who I'm going to have on the podcast soon. Um, she does these trainings and she emphasizes like within the realm of 12 step recovery, but just in general, right getting back to a place of connection with the earth and mother nature. And I'll tell you what, there are certain uh, meditations that she did in the trainings and, and certain education that she provided that I had never experienced anywhere else. Like I had never felt more connected to. And it remind it, it always reminds me of like now, since I, that was a couple of years ago. And now it's like when I do these little meditations or I'm chilling outside, it's like, I'm giving myself reminders of like, spend more time with your shoes off and stare at the you know <laughs> I enjoy birds you know and I, I when I was young I wouldn't I would have never said stuff like that to myself and then like you know throw this baseball as hard as you can that was the only thing going Ugh, you know that's all that went through my mind and now it's like hey look there's this beautiful world around you and there's these wonderful people and you have an opportunity to connect with both and I think there's a balance in that of doing both of those things yeah, that's so cool. I'm so glad you had that opportunity. And it sounds like you made a really good friend out of it. I would definitely be interested if she has resources online or anything yeah. like that. I consider myself a recovering codependent and <laughs> Al-Anon <laughs> subscriber yeah. as well. So yeah, I'd be interested in those resources. It sounds really neat. Yeah. So I, I'm coordinating right right now with her the date that I'm going to bring her on. But when I post, I'll share it with you because I, yeah. you know, she's just a wonderful resource. She works in all aspects of the field and she is a friend to all. She is yeah. a very beautiful human, as are you. Thank you so much. As are you. Yeah, well, for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as Natalie stated earlier, she uh, does. Are, are you okay if I, if I just give a shout out to the Instagram handle? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So, hey, it's a beautiful life, right? Just no, no so abbreviations in there. Nothing like that. Hey, it's a good life. Yeah. Hey, it's a good life. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's a good life. It's got two Y's on Instagram. We've got a website, heyitsagoodlife.com, and hey, it's a good life on YouTube. And that's H-E-Y-Y, you said. On Instagram, we've got two Ys. All the other ones, it's spelt normally. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, if you are interested in gaining some information and some insight from a brilliant clinician who is creative as all hell, who has gone and entered the realms of horticulture, as well as just beautifully building things and becoming a carpenter herself if you're interested in figuring out how to do those things or you're inspired to just follow her journey i would highly highly suggest um, i've enjoyed looking at some of the things that she's posted and, and, and plan on continuing to do so so follow those instagram links go to her website check it out it's positive good stuff and natalie i really really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me guys Thank you so much. This was so fun and such an honor. It's so good to see you. And it's so, it's so amazing to see you just thriving. And I feel like you just have this glow about you now. And it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to connect with you again. So thanks for the time. Yeah, right back at you. Tell the hubby I said hello and I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.
و 